welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we will be discussing tantric dating and sex. Today, I've invited Catherine Orman to the show. She's a distinguished psychotherapist who is both spiritually based as well as clinically competent with NLP. I love the description of her therapy work on her website, which I'll read now. I am here to help you holistically in every way possible. The mental, emotional, physical and spiritual are not separate. You are a holism and her life has been devoted to recognising and honouring the fact without exception. She says, it's not my job to take you to where you don't want to go. Rather, it's my intention to help you take you where your higher self knows you need to be. Catherine is also the author of a book called Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process. I'm going to read the blurb now. I read this book in like a couple of hours. It was amazing because it's not super thick or anything like that. Tired of the conventional dating scene and its cold, rejecting, non-loving atmosphere, tantric dating teaches us a new mindset and shares exercises to help you bring love and awareness to the dating process. The blurb for her book sums up why I've invited Catherine to the show so we can learn how to bring love and awareness into the dating process. Welcome to the show. Now, please explain to us what Tantra is, because I know like most of us when we hear that word, and I'm sure most of my listeners out there probably just think tantric sex, but I know that there's a lot more to it. So tell us well, about this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with tantric sex. That was my introduction to it as well. I have my spiritual teacher is Osho. Okay. And Osho explains Tantra in a different way than I've ever heard before. He said that that basically there's if you boil it all down, there's two spiritual paths which they all come from and one is the tantric and one is the yogic and the yogic path is you know you need to do postures to achieve enlightenment you have to eat a certain way it's better if you're vegetarian it's better if you don't lie and cheat and steal and all these kind of things and although that may be true tantra says everything is divine everything everything's one so they were the the spiritual path that said sex is sacred too. You think most of the yogic tradition, sex is not very sacred. The ideal is like a hermit and a monk, uh, or you know, a monk meditating all alone somewhere. Not very sexy. But Tantra said everything is pulsating with aliveness. Everything's sexual. Everything is divine. I love that. I've done some research actually, and the research that I did said that spirituality and sexuality were always. One, that was like religion that actually divided them and said, you know, try to say sex is bad sort of thing. And it's interesting when I read that, I'm like, oh, it was always one and how societies tried to like separate it Yeah, so well, much. the best way to control people is to 
make them non-sexual, yeah. you know, and then they're unhappy and, and it's a method of control, I think. So sexual people are free people. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So what is tantric dating? This is the title of your book. So what is tantric dating? <laughs> well, I, um, a friend and I made that up, uh, made that phrase up because we were spiritual people out trying to do the conventional dating world and trying to figure that out because <laughs> I had lived in a tantra ashram for a year and men and women there uh, related in a way that was flowing, that was loving. If you came together with somebody for a while and shared and then didn't, it wasn't considered like that guy's a creep or a, uh, can I swear on this show? Probably yeah. better not. That we creep's can. an asshole or they did me wrong or whatever. It was just more like it just not our time anymore. And 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 there was a, a sense that men and women were all, everyone who was there was on a spiritual path and growing and there was love exchanged. And then you come to the conventional dating world here in the West, it's like, unloving and very prejudiced and uh, very people uh, treat each other as disposable and people say extremely rude things about each other. I couldn't even believe how people describe dates that don't work out. And so through this conversation that I had with a male friend for a couple of years, uh, we came up with an idea of applying tantric principles to the dating process. Yeah, I love that. And I actually reading, I've read your, just everyone out there, you need to grab this book. Like <laughs> I read it in a night. <laughs> I powered through it. And I've come to realize reading everything that I, I tantric date. I oh, didn't nice. realize that. And it's definitely, I've definitely seen the conventional dating side. And I've definitely got many friends that are conventional dating. And that's just like way more stressful. Way more stressful. <laughs> it's what yeah. it is doing is it's trying to find love by being unloving. Yeah, and I feel like it's putting conditions on love as yes. well and yeah. how it should turn up and what it should be and how it should be labelled and everything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So your t- the title of the book is Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process. So what does this mean to you and how can we bring love and awareness to the dating process? Well, it really starts with ourselves because – Mostly what love, what dating is in the Western world is like, there's nobody good enough. I can't find anybody. You know, this really occurred to me one day because I was, I had been dating in LA and, and I hear this a lot from my clients, which is, you know, I'm in this city of 10 million people. I can't find a single person that I want to date. There's nobody good enough. For me. <laughs> you know, it's like, how could there not be anybody in 10 uh, of 10 million people? So a tantric perspective is love is everywhere. It's just me who can't see it. And I need to clean my glasses to be able to see that there are plenty of beautiful candidates to love. It's not about being in a state of scarcity that there's no one. It's being in a state of, a state of love is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I want to practice dating in a way that helps me see that love is everywhere. Yeah, and treat people with love as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the uh, conventional dating world is treating people as if they're objects in a store like a retail store that we either dis- decide to buy this one or not that one. And this is a very harsh and unloving way to treat other fragile human beings. Yeah, I agree. I um, find it interesting, like there was, there's a man that I've been dating who he like came into my life and then he's just got stuff going on. He like disappeared for a bit. I'm like, whatever, he's on his journey, like chill out and I like hear back from him and most people would be like how dare you did it and I was like he's just got stuff that he's got to deal with like I'm just giving him his space exactly and they're like oh you're obviously not I'm like no it's not that it's just like giving someone space and I get 
where he's at in his journey. I'm not going to label that. I'm not going to say he's an arsehole. I'm not going to just, like, give him space. And I find that's even hard sometimes to explain to people and for people to just get that because they quickly want to label that person's an arsehole and, like, exactly. move on. It's so easy. to what, what I notice is people are dating until they get to the point they th- can throw the person away. So people are dating and collecting enough evidence about the other person to throw them out. So well, how do you mean people are doing that? That's interesting. So, for example, you meet and you have your list in your head. Let's say you meet for coffee. You meet this person online. By the way, I dated online for three and a half years. I had over 150 first dates <laughs> on the second and third date. So I was really I mastered this coffee date thing where you sit down. And at first, you know, like everyone else, I'd have my list of like, well, they can't do this, 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 this. My list was, I think, 45 things long or some ridiculous thing. And then if we actually manage to get through that first date, then the second date is, I notice, I hear this, I saw it in myself, I see it in other people. The second date is, well, he seems okay, but where's that one thing I'm looking for that's not going to work? You know? Yeah, so you and then start if you, looking. And then for, if you don't yeah. find it in the second date, then in the third date, it's like, where is that thing that's going to disqualify this person? Why do you think people are doing that? Is it self-sabotage? Like maybe they don't feel like they're worthy of the love or is it self-protection before they get hurt? They'll like push well, I tend, them to, away, I tend to take the view it? that it actually is sort of like a, a putting, um, you know, that it's like uh, living in a capitalist society you everything is for sale and so we're taught to have it our way and you know we can go out and order what we want and we can uh you know have onions or not and we can have this or not or we want this hairstyle or we want this type of interest and it's really this idea that we should be able to call up somebody who meets all of our specifications and that's called love and they should look as much like a hollywood movie star as possible and love doesn't work like that Mm. that's a shopping mentality yeah. So in my book, I talk about dating as shopping list. So people see it as this date, a shopping mentality. If I'm shopping for someone who meets actually not even my criteria, but the criteria that all my friends will agree is like the right candidate rather than I just want to be here in the presence of love and see what's possible in this environment with this person in yeah. this moment. Mm. And then just enjoy it and soak it up. For enjoy it and see what's possible. Maybe a yeah. friendship's possible. Maybe a love affair is possible. Maybe a long love affair is possible. Maybe a short one. Maybe uh, I can, uh, you know, just whatever. How do I enjoy this person and and become a more loving person myself in the process? Yeah, that's great. Let's discuss what you call the issue of chemistry and trust in your gut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this was an interesting one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I have so much heard, you know, everybody thinks that's what they're looking for is chemistry. And there's a famous guy I quote named uh, Terrence Gorski, I think his name is. And he wrote an article once about saying, if you have, the, have that immediate chemistry with somebody that you meet at a party, turn around and run in the opposite direction. Because... <laughs> Because chemistry can um, mean many things. Often it means this is unfinished business from your childhood. So an example of this would be, uh, we all know this example of a woman who was beat up in childhood and she keeps attracting guys who beat her up. We're like, what is with that woman? Why would she do that? Well, she was, uh, when she was young, she was hypnotized into believing that love includes abuse. Love includes, includes abuse. So when she meets a guy, if there's... If the E doesn't have that program of love equals abuse, when she meets someone like that, that's going to feel like chemistry. And he may seem like a gentleman on the surface, but it's it's triggering those old patterns that, you know, psychotherapy could help to unravel. 
-hmm. Chemistry can also mean this person looks so much like the cultural ideal that I'm just struck. And it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not this person and I will fit together. So this person looks like Chris Helmsworth or this person (laughs) looks like Scarlett Johansson. Wow, that's chemistry. That's infatuation though, isn't it? Chemistry is a lot of infatuation. Okay. Because I always thought chemistry for me was like an energy and a feeling and like I can feel it in like my groin sort of area and it's either there or it's not like there'll be people that I'm just like, oh, I'm surprised it wasn't there. Absolutely. And that that can be chemistry. I'm not saying it's always a bad thing, but I'm saying people take it as the most important thing and you really need to see that Uh, chemistry can mean many things. Yeah. It might be a good sign, but to immediately go, there's chemistry. That's how people get into relationships with alcoholics, addicts. Right. Um, Sex addicts, you know, uh, players have a lot of chemistry with yeah. everybody. Yeah, okay. Okay? Yeah. People who are very verbally acute and uh, really know how to talk and really know how to charm you, they have chemistry with almost everyone. Mm. So I noticed lots of times myself when I was dating, uh, somebody would really be charming the way they speak. I go, wow, that was chemistry. And I realized they're that way with everyone. It's yeah. nothing special to me. Yeah. So how do you work out the difference between like the good chemistry that you're talking about versus the, I don't know, the other chemistry that we're talking the about? That's, uh, that's yeah. blind us. Yeah. So, so how can we sort of. So intoxicating. Yeah. Because I feel like it's, and I'll eventually do a topic on this, like I've worked out how to work out when my ego is talking to me yeah. than, than my soul. So I suppose it's how do we understand the difference? Because I'm sure there's some internal language or something <laughs> happening differently maybe to be able to work out if it's truth or not. Yeah, I think there's many things. I think we can be aware in the moment that, wow, this is chemistry. I'm enjoying it. I just want to see where it goes. So I'm going to date this person a little bit longer yeah. to see if that's particular to us or if it's um, something. If I notice that I have a particular chemistry with uh, men, women who are not that Uh, good for me, then I might want to get into psychotherapy and work on those patterns. For example, if I am that woman who uh, was beat up in childhood and keeps attracting abusive guys or vice versa for men, then I might want to do some psychotherapy to get over those patterns. So I'm no longer, I unhook that attraction circuit. Yeah. Because because many people find themselves repeating this same pattern over and over until they can unhook that attraction. Okay. Um, you say dating doesn't have to hurt so much. We need to just get comfortable with what we perceive as rejection. Can you expand on this? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, we call this, you know, this whole word rejection sounds so painful. And we don't really have to consider dating as being rejection. And I, when I thought about the fact that most of us are out, we're networking for our business. If we hit it off with somebody at a networking event, and uh, enjoy talking to them, and we think we're going to get together again, and then they never call or we never do. We don't consider that rejection. No. We just consider that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if we, if that encounter happened at a, a, a dating event or some sort of thing where we felt like we had chemistry, we would be crushed. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with the other person? That's rejection. Oh my God, it's happening to me again. And uh, it doesn't have to be like this. It can just be like, well, the energy wasn't there. Like you, with your, with the guy you're dating, he's taking his space. Mm. You know, sometimes when I would be dating these 150 guys, it'd be like someone would, 
uh, not get back a, a week and a half or something, I contact them. They'd be like, oh my God, I really wanted to talk to you. I just for, forgot. Or, I mean, they really meant it. They just, it's just not, it's not the way in people's minds that people think it is that it's all, all these little things mean so, so much. I agree. And I enjoy dating and I enjoy meeting people because I've all had that exactly that mindset of what you said in the in your book it was so refreshing I was like this is me <laughs> this is what I was like I tantric date I didn't realize oh, it's just right. like meet people and be open and just see what happens and I've also come to the realization relationships of any form last a moment in time but that could be a week a month six months six years ten years like don't even put a label on the moment of time just enjoy it for what it is exactly as fully yeah. in the moment as you can because yeah. the tantra approach to life is all we have is this moment everything else is a fantasy the past or the future so in th- love is in this moment the yeah. conventional dating world is about somebody i'm going to meet in the future yeah or somebody i'm still in pain about in the past never present never present and mm. so if we are in the present moment that love is here right now what's possible in this moment how can I feel as much love as possible in this moment? Well, this person doesn't look right. Well, what does that have to do with love? Yeah. I'm not going to marry them, but can I be loving in this moment? Yeah. And have as great a time as possible? Yeah. See, you enjoy dating. I enjoy dating. Yeah. If you're in that conventional mindset, dating, you know, people hate it. And they get, I see why. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's draining. It's very draining. <laughs> and you come home and you feel awful because you've been having these unloving encounters. And all the guys that I've been on dates with, I genuinely have to say they're top blokes. Like, they're really good people. Like, people always go to me, oh, haven't you met any douchebags yet? I'm like, no. No? I really haven't. Like, oh, you're lucky. I'm like, I think I'm pretty good at filtering, but I'm like, they're all, like, awesome guys. So it's the just charming. The of guys are great yeah. guys. You know, the media has this idea that they're all dogs and the dating world is all about protecting ourselves from men these dogs i really of all the men i know and i hang out with pickup artists and the majority of men are not dogs they're really great to date but this again you go into the conventional dating world with this eye of you know everyone's got problems it's my job to ferret out what their problems are (laughs) before i get give my heart to them this makes everyone miserable yeah, is it safe to love? Exactly. Is it safe to love instead of can I just be love and let it overflow? Exactly, or a tantric dater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize, I literally didn't realize until I read your book and I, yeah, read it within a few hours and I was like, oh, this is why I enjoy dating. <laughs> dating is fun. And yeah. That's part of the tantric dating approach is that it is fun to meet people. And to see how what kind of love can be shared. Yeah. And even just this morning before coming here, I've realized, like, I don't have a boyfriend or anything, but my life is actually full of love. I have girlfriends in my life that aren't, like, my sexual partner girlfriends. They're just female friends, soul sisters and whatnot. And we tell each other that we love each other all the Beautiful. time and we mean it. And I was like, I don't need a partner per se to have love. I have love everywhere. We just put conditions on and how it's supposed to look but it's actually I feel so much love in the world and I think sometimes we just don't maybe just assess and just feel it and see it and it's not necessarily just in a romantic partner it's with your family it's with your friends or you might even have just share a loving moment with a stranger on the street just through a smile or something exactly. like that exactly yeah. and there are times in my life if I would have heard you I agree with you 100 there are times in my life maybe some of your listeners would hear that and go, but that's not enough. I want that special love. 
Mm -hmm. I want that guy. I want that woman. I want the special love. And what I would say to that is, but it's only by developing yourself into a more loving person that that love frequency can find you. Yeah. It's like a magnet. It is like a magnet. And yeah. so when you raise your own frequency of love and become more loving to whomever you meet, that's when a really loving person can find you. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with people who are afraid to love just like you. Yeah. And a lot of us have been stuck for years with, I'm afraid to love, you're afraid to love. And those relationships are painful and don't really go anywhere. So when you work on yourself to become more loving with everyone you meet, you can be magnetic to someone else who's in that love frequency. That's so it's very, very important. And I've always said that's very important to be mindful of your energy and, and um, increase it. And I feel like it helps not just in your love life, but also in work life and all other areas of your life. You just become a magnitude for different things. And that's, that's how things manifest, basically. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> it's a secret exactly. to manifesting. Focus on your frequency. I love how you simplify dating. And I'm going to read a paragraph from your book. So I just love it. So. I haven't raved about a book for, for a long time oh here. Oh, gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> so this is from the book. Instead, we could see dating situations that we do with potential friends. As you meet someone at an event and hang out, you have a good time talking, but you aren't necessarily moved to make plans to see them again. In dating, this would be called rejection. But in ordinary life, there's no rejecting going on. You just aren't ready to hang out, which we spoke about a little bit of this already before, but I just feel like... It is beautiful, like, and just a reminder out there, like, not to take it as rejection if just spend some time together. and Yeah. yeah. Like, I noticed that, that, you know, people are really upset by ghosting, and it's like, ghosting to me is like, it's a very clear message. This person doesn't really want to communicate anymore. I don't see how that has to be painful. Yeah, I've come to that conclusion as well, and sometimes you don't need to say anything. Like, why do you, like, you both, I feel like, it's like ghosted, accepted, like you can energetically feel, oh, yeah, this wasn't really anything. It's not really so. happening. And I want someone who communicates better than that. So, they, you know, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. He left and uh, that's fine. So who's next? Because there's abundance of, like you were saying, there's so many great men out there, so many great women. And if someone's not going to communicate, that's just not my style. Yeah. I'm in the seat, I'm in the driver's seat of my own love life. You know, and I think especially women are taught to be kind of victims of the whole dating process. We just can decide that, you know, if that thing that that's called ghosting happens, that's a very clear communication that that was not the right one for me. Yes. And I think feel blessed for it instead of feeling hurt for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Reframe that. Um, another chapter you talk about, we're all spiritual brothers and sisters helping each other grow, which I've come to that conclusion recently as well. Um, can you please share what you mean by this? Well, I learned that when I was living at the ashram and everyone there is self-identified as being on a spiritual path. I think everyone's on a spiritual path, whether they call it that or not. Of course, here in California, it's, there's more people that do that. But I could really see how men and women interacted at the ashram, that everyone is this, these are my brothers. They're, they don't, you know, men, everybody thinks men know what they're doing when they're dating. They have not a clue. And dating is very hard for men. So I would see men, and I was started, I saw that the ashram I saw here too, that they're just my spiritual brothers. They're mm -hmm. making mistakes. They're getting hurt. They're, 
they don't know what to say and they're afraid so they just ghost you know they don't text right they don't they don't really know and there's this whole idea that men know what they're doing and so they're acting like jerks and they're actually just our spiritual brothers so we're helping them grow they're helping us grow if we can communicate about stuff we can all grow yeah you know if we can just I give the story on a, a YouTube video that I have about a, a guy I met who kind of tried to hit and run me. And instead, I just had a conversation with him about it. And he said, thank you. No one's ever really told me. And he was, we became friends out of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend. Help me grow. Yeah, that's good. My girlfriends laugh at me because I stay friends with men that I date. Like, I might not even anything really happen. We go on a date and then I'm like, oh, this is better of friendship. Yeah. And they don't think it's possible, but I think I've met my partner in crime totally. to be like, it is totally possible. Totally possible. <laughs> totally possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read another section out of the book. We come together for these romantic and sexual encounters to involve in a certain way together. We don't know for how long we're not in charge of that part. I love oh, that. Thank you. We're helping each other grow. And I just love that. Like we come together for romantic and sexual encounters, but we don't know for how long we're not in charge. And it's just re-emphasizing just to enjoy the moment. Yeah, one of my early teachers told me that all relationships will end. I was like, what? What about my romantic fantasy? So, well, even if you do stay together for the rest of your life, one of you is going to die. And I certainly had many more uh, short-term relationships than I planned in my life. (laughs) And I had to see that each one of them taught me something. So, we come together, we learn something, we move on. We can uh, cling and try to make something last that isn't going to last. We can continue to develop ourselves as lovers, meaning people who are capable of loving and hopefully drawing a frequency that will last a little longer if that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and if that's what we're supposed to have in our exactly. life. So you mentioned this before, 10 million people in Greater LA, 20 million in SoCal, which is Southern California for all of those not in America you ask us how you know how how can we meet someone like I'm just like there's so many people out there what do you think we're missing so yeah there's like 20 million people just around us right now I think we're missing a sense of abundance that the whole conventional dating world is scarcity I can't find this needle in a haystack and it's like focus on the haystack you know most people are focusing on because we have these notions sold to us by the media and by fairy tales that there's this glittering star somewhere for us, we don't focus on the fact that I could love anyone in this entire group of people who are with me right now. I'm the one who's deciding no. Mm. We're looking for the man who's not attracted to us, not the 15 who are. Or men do the same thing. A friend of mine is a pickup artist, will go into a club with some of his students and they'll go there's no women here and he'll walk out with somebody mm. you know and it's like are we seeing the uh, you know it's like those uh, optical illusion charts we grew up with in school are we seeing who's there or who's not so conventional dating is this search for a love in the future that looks like a certain thing it has nothing to do with the reality of love in the present moment yeah so by staying in the present in the future about love, we never find it. But if we're totally in the present moment, love is here. Mm. 
with this person. I give some exercises in my book about how to start training ourselves the way we see, the way we feel, the way we uh, react with other people, interact with other people, to start training ourselves to be attuned to the love that's in this moment mm. that I am rejecting. I am rejecting the love in this moment. I take full responsibility for that. Everyone who's had struggling in the dating world is not taking full responsibility. They're blaming other people for why they don't have love. Nobody's good enough. Nobody's good looking enough. I meet the wrong men. I meet the wrong women. You know, it's not about blaming anything outside ourselves. It's taking full responsibility that I want to develop into becoming more loving. Yeah. And maybe you haven't been open to love at all. Exactly. And that's a hard one to realize. I haven't been open to love. It's me. Yeah, it's tricky because you think you're open to love and you would like a boyfriend or you'd like a girlfriend, but then when you realise you haven't been open to it, you realise why it's not actually happening, why you're attracting people that aren't available or whatnot because that's actually what you want. Exactly. Or you start latching onto someone who looks like the cultural ideal and you keep trying to make it work and it's like it's not going very well because it's not organic. It's not something that really is your energy. Yeah, Falling in love, you say, has everything to do with me, which is what we're talking about, or oneself and nothing to do with the romantic partner because it is whether our heart is open to love or not. So many of our listeners will be saying right now that they're open to love and they go on dates like we're talking about and I want love, I want a boyfriend, da 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 A lot of people out there might find this a little bit hard to hear because they think they're open to love, but what does that actually mean and how could the people who maybe think they're open to love but aren't open to love What are the signs for them to be be able to maybe recognize in themselves? If I am finding, if I'm sitting finding out what's wrong with the other person in this moment, I'm not really open to loving them. Okay, that's a great one. Now, everyone's had, an example I do in some of my workshops is everybody's had this experience where you walk into a group of people and you go, oh, not my tribe. And -hmm. then you actually start networking and meeting with them. And you start realizing there's a lot of cool people here. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of the event or the party, you're like, wow, I love those people. Yeah. So we take that experience that everyone's had and start applying it to dating, realizing that my first impressions have nothing to do with how I'm going to actually open my heart to these people when I'm comfortable. Yeah. I realize that that's me. When I enter that party and don't like those people, that's me. That's my ego. Yeah. As I relax and start interacting with people and opening my heart to them, I'm going to feel loving towards them. Yeah. So we want to apply that uh, experience we've had to the dating process as well. Instead of just like, I meet this person, yuck, they're not what I want, throw them out and move on and then go home and tell my girlfriends, horrible. Mm. But I didn't really give a chance for that warming up process to happen. Yeah. And there definitely is a warming up process. And that warming process, you can actually feel love for anybody yeah yeah I have that feeling a lot all the time which is very interesting when it first started happening is I've dated men and I feel this love for them but Uh then it's like but we're not in a relationship and then like that's the ego like attaching to what society says like love is and I love you but I realize it's just like a love for humans and humanity and I, I don't freak out as I mean, I don't necessarily verbalize it, but I feel it. And I know that they can feel it as well. And now it doesn't freak me out. When it first happened, it freaked me out. I was like, what do you mean? I love this person. I hardly know this person. But, yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't have spiritual to. Spiritual brother, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've found with spiritual brother and different ways, and just not attaching to anything, but completely being connected as well, which is really, really beautiful. So, so this is divine love, pretty much, which it leads into the next thing. So, let's talk about this, also known as agape love. What does this mean? And why do you say this is the sort of love we are all, in fact, seeking? So I don't know if everyone knows what a gappy love, a divine love is and how that's different to maybe what society says love is and why are we, in fact, seeking a gappy or divine love? I, I um, have read where they uh, divide love up into different types. I think it's all the same love. Okay. So to me, as I raise my frequency as a loving being, I'm able to experience love in more areas of my life with more people as you're saying you could just kind of fall in love with people they don't have to know about it. it's kind of a stealth move you're like this <laughs> secret undercover lover you know? <laughs> here was some guy who's really hot and it's, you're never going to get together with him but you're just you can be in love or whatever and then um, for me personally when I was able to raise my frequency to that level of love then my perfect uh sexual romantic lover appeared mm -hmm. which never would have happened if I hadn't done that work on myself because my uh, history of dating as I said was I'm not as loving as I could be so I'm meeting men who aren't as loving as they could be and we're coming together and trying to make this thing work and it's not working when I was able to as you say fall in love with many different people then I was able to see him when he showed up recognize him mm. how'd you recognize him what was that uh, it was actually, I didn't even notice he was good looking until later. It's bizarre. We touched and it was something magical. And mm. we it's just been ever since that first, it was kind of, I hate to say it because it can mislead people that it was that cosmic moment, but I had had what I thought was cosmic moments many times that only led to heartbreak. And this one worked because, you know, that where you just see the person across the room. The reason I write about chemistry is because I was such a fool for it for so long. <laughs> And I would have that, you know, that amazing moment and think that that meant something. And the, the, the time that it really meant something was after I'd done all this internal work to become more loving. Mm. Yeah. So as we become, to me, the agape love that you're talking about, the um, non-romantic love of just expanding your capacity to just vibrate with how it feels to be in romantic love you can be in that by yourself at all times and nobody needs to know you can be in love mm. without someone else and that is an ecstatic state that's worth pursuing it's great to have a partner it can be done without a partner and the more you practice it you're more likely to attract a partner who will be in that ecstatic state with you so I've experienced that agape, ecstatic love maybe two or three times mm -hmm. and I find it a little bit too overwhelming to stay in that state. So it's this agape love for the world and mm -hmm. I literally tear up out of sort of happiness and sadness yes. all combined all in once and it's sort of heavy but it's sort of light as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a bit of a yin and yang but I find it too intense to be able to stay in that state. What do you think about that? I is think it that the state is very high and we need to t continue to work on ourselves so that our frequency becomes more and more towards that state mm -hmm. so that it doesn't feel intense when we get there. So it's a little bit like I've read an electric cable for a light or something like that and it can only have so much wattage and so much power yes. and if the electric cable is able to get wider or for us our light portal able to get wider we're able to like 
deal with a lot more coming in. So a lot of personal spiritual growth in that analogy is helping our cable to get wider. Yeah. So that we can handle more love. Mm. Because a lot of us in the dating world, we're not very loving yet. We're still disliking almost everyone we meet, or we think there's no one to love in Los Angeles of 10 million people. But there's, well, as we increase our cable, we see, oh, there's so many people to love. And that frequency allows in more love, then we attract love. Yeah, I agree. And finally, what's your advice for how people can consciously open to for more love? Like how can they consciously do this? Let's give them some advice and tips. Okay, I give uh, several exercises in my book. There are certain meditations you can work with. Um, one example that I, one exercise I suggest to people is go to Starbucks and just practice looking with a different eye than you usually look with. Usually we're, you know, for decades, I would go to Starbucks looking for who's hot or go Trader Joe's looking for who's hot, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It still can be fun, but I suggest daters to start expanding their vision to look for who looks like a good partner. Mm. If I want to have kids, I might look for which guy in here looks like he'd like to spend his time after work shuffling the kids to soccer practice. And to start expanding our eye for other qualities in other single people rather than hotness. Hotness is usually for an affair. Long-term relationships is more like, you know, depth of character. Who's not going to abandon you? Who's not going to cheat on you? Who's going to want to spend time with the kids? Who's going to want to make personal sacrifices that it takes to, to be in a committed relationships? You know, we're, we're kind of taught to look for guys that excite us, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it can be the same person, but I'm just suggesting that people, as a practice, start expanding their eye to other types of attraction than just romantic fantasy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That's oh, thank you great. so much. Can I, really I plug my book a little bit? Definitely. So my book is Tantric Dating, Bringing Love and Awareness to the Dating Process. It's available on Amazon. Also, I'm really excited because I've been working on a YouTube channel. So there's lots of videos on there about um, dating other th- that explain more about this type of dating and how to find more love in your life. Yeah, check it out. I've read the book. I read it very quickly. So those of you that don't read books, you should be able to read it quickly as well. Like I read it within a few hours. We also just put it out as an audio book. Oh, you did? Oh, perfect. For those that prefer audio, you can listen to it in the LA traffic (laughs) 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 about Satandric Love. I think that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's really great to meet you. Same with you. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.